Hello, and welcome back to Ryan and Brian's Bible Bistro, a podcast all about the Bible, theology, and all things related to the Christian faith. I'm the Ryan half of Ryan and Brian, and this is episode number 54. Today, Brian and I are talking about Jesus's resurrection in preparation for Easter Sunday. We take a look at the absolute uniqueness of the event and what it means for us as Christians. Before we get started, just a quick reminder that you can find us at thebiblebistro.com, on Instagram and Facebook at The Bible Bistro. You can watch us on YouTube as well at Ryan and Brian's Bible Bistro. If you are watching us there, don't forget to hit that like and subscribe button. We've also set up a Patreon account, so if you're enjoying the podcast and would like to support our continued work, you can do that. You can find a link for that in the show notes, but also by going to the website, thebiblebistro.com and clicking on the link at the top. If you can't financially support us, you could also support the Bistro by simply sharing the podcast with others or leaving us a review on Apple Podcast. That helps as well. All right, let's jump right into our conversation talking about Jesus's resurrection. Hey, Brian, welcome back to the Bistro. Hey, Ryan, how are you doing? I'm good. You ready to get started here this morning? I, I'm ready to get started. Hey, it's good to be here together. We're actually together in the Bistro today. We are. So We're so. in the grand city of Greenwood, Greenwood Indi- Indiana, so, which is um, just south of Indianapolis. I like to call it the sunny side of Indianapolis. It It is always sunny down here, <laughs> isn't except it? To, except today. Except today, so, which, but, you know, we have the spring that never fully right. springs yet. Right. But it is a good week because we're, as when this will be released, it's the week leading up to Easter, what yes. we call Holy Week. Yes. And what's important about Easter? Oh, the resurrection. Oh, so. good. This we, is, these are the conversations I have with my children. <laughs> it's not about the Easter Bunny. Yeah. We, we, so we talked about crucifixion and burial last week. So I thought mm-hmm. we'd talk about resurrection this week leading up to, to Easter Sunday. Yeah. It's, it's not good to leave Jesus dead. <laughs> well, and it's, you know, it's an important day for our faith, right? It's a day mm-hmm. that we, we really celebrate. And, and why is it important? What's the significance for us? Why is the resurrection so important? might seem like a very simple thing to talk about, but I think there's some, some yeah, scriptures it, we can it, look it, at. It, it, it seems simple to talk about, but it's also like, it's a very unique thing sure. in, in the context of history. And, Absolutely. And, and, and not only is it complex to talk about in that way, but also what does it mean for right. us? Absolutely, and not only not only in history, but you know, in some ways, the whole creation hinges on this on this event. This you know, Jesus raising from the from the dead, the empty tomb, all that is kind of a hinge a hinge pin hinge pin in history. I know. <laughs> yeah, fix. Yeah. Well, before we get going, fix your microphone there. What's wrong with your it? your your fuzzy is. Push down on the top oh, of the microphone. Okay. Oh, geez. Watch YouTube, everybody. Watch YouTube. <laughs> Sorry. So, anyway, okay. So we're Let's, talking. We're talking about the resurrection here. Yeah. Let us have it. So here's what I was going to say: is is it was clear from the earliest times. We can see this in the New Testament that the preaching of the resurrection of Jesus was a part of the gospel message. So you know, and simply put, Jesus died for our sins, was buried. Uh, 1 Corinthians chapter 15, was raised on the third day according to the scriptures, is what uh, Paul says, and then appeared. I would say it's not only that he rose from the dead, but also he appeared to people over a period of time, you know. So so the resurrection of Jesus was a part of the central central part of the teaching from the very earliest times. I'll give you a couple of examples of this. Uh, Well, let me say, first of all, a couple of things that I think that the resurrection does is it shows us that Jesus' death— 
uh, even his crucifixion is different than others that took place during the same period of time. Mm-hmm. We, we mentioned we talked about the the history of Christianity or <laughs> history of crucifixion last week that. Crucifixion was a frequent thing. The Romans used it frequently. There are some examples where we see hundreds of people being crucified in the same day. Even the day that Jesus was crucified, he was not the only person who was crucified that day, but we find two people who were crucified alongside of him. You know, all those things together, you know, what makes Jesus' death unique is he doesn't he doesn't stay in the grave. He mm-hmm. he rises from the dead. It vindicates him. It it shows that he was who he claimed to be, and we'll we'll talk about that a little bit. It it shows that his his claims are true, and and also it makes kind of a decisive. Well, not a kind of. It makes a decisive. <laughs> right. It's a yeah. <laughs> yeah. I always qualify these things, you know. But it's it, it's a decisive moment. It it uh, changes things forever in God's plan of redemption, and mm-hmm. is is the be- in some some way we might say the beginning of the end of God's whole plan of redemption. Mm-hmm. And, uh, and and this is the plan that's been started from day one from, from Genesis from, Genesis from the beginning. Beginning, yeah. So God's plan, and and so this is the decisive act in that in that plan. So look at Romans chapter one is the first place I thought we would go today. Romans chapter one, uh, verses one through four. Uh, Paul begins his his letter to the Romans with this and mentions specifically mm-hmm. the crucifixion. So again, we're thinking about that from the earliest times. This was a part of the preaching of the gospel. So 1 Corinthians 15, I've already mentioned the first four verses there. So that probably, when when Paul says that, uh, you know, uh, this is what we preach, that Jesus, um, you know, was crucified, that he was buried, that 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 seems to be a formula that Paul is referring to that even before that. According to the scriptures, he was raised on the third day, you know, buried according to the scriptures. Mm -hmm. And, and, um, so that seems to even be something that predates the the writing of First Corinthians, which is a real, relatively early book if we think about the New Testament as a whole. So from a very early period, I'm going to show you in just a minute. Even in Acts two, of course, resurrection was already a part of the preaching of the church. Mm-hmm. So here's what here's how Paul begins his letter. Of course, he talks about who he is, a servant of Christ Jesus, called to be an apostle, set apart for the gospel of God. And then he, he kind of goes on this riff, if you want to say that, about the gospel. The gospel he promised beforehand through his prophets and the Holy Scriptures regarding his son, who as to his earthly life, or technically there it's the word flesh, who, who according to his flesh was a descendant of David, and who through the spirit of holiness was appointed the son of God in power by his resurrection from the dead. Now, now go back and look at that. Who, who through the spirit of holiness was appointed the son of God in power by his resurrection from the dead, Jesus Christ our Lord. So in a way, that, that's what I was saying. It He was vindicated. The resurrection showed who he truly was. It, it showed him to be the son of God that he claimed to be, uh, to have that kind of status. So very important part of uh, of the gospel message. Mm-hmm. And then look, since we're there, let's go ahead and look in Acts 2. I like to use this, and I like to, you know, when you really start to think about this, this is an, a pretty important sermon. Um, this, of course, is the day of Pentecost, and we still celebrate this every year. We'll remember uh, Pentecost Sunday. We usually say it's a time where we kind of remember the church all around the world, and we think about the church universal throughout history. Um, because this is, in some way, we, we, you know, a colloquial, we'll call this the birthday of the church. You know, this mm-hmm. is the beginning of the church, this gospel sermon that Peter preaches. And, of course, then the response that he has, uh, uh, I should say, that the crowd has to his sermon. But there's a few things I think is really interesting. And I, I'll try not to, I don't want to get hung up on just on this. Maybe another day we'll talk about this in more detail because it's a really amazing sermon, pretty good sermon. You know, 3,000 people come forward and baptize that day. So. <laughs> 
I've never had a sermon in this, you know, like that. So Yes, okay. But anyway, so so it says in verse 22, I'll start there and I'll I'll do some skipping around here, but he says, "Fellow Israelites, listen to this. Jesus of Nazareth was a man accredited by God to you by miracles, wonders, and signs which God did among you through him, as you yourselves know." So, how would you describe what would you describe just in that one verse? What do you notice there? Uh, that God was revealed, revealed Jesus through signs and wonders and miracles. Okay, and so so God's kind of accrediting him. We kind of, kind of giving his authority, you know, showing Validating his authority. Him. <clears throat> right, that'd be a good way to put it. And so, so it, it also is interesting because because this is going to be a theme that we see throughout the rest of what I'm going to read here. God did these things among you through Him. So He's saying here to this crowd on the day of Pentecost, these things happened in your midst. Mm-hmm. These things happened. You know, in, in in a place, and it says this, as you yourselves know. So this idea that that you were aware of these things, and we're going to see that that becomes an important part of this. So verse twenty three, this man was handed over to you by God's deliberate plan and foreknowledge. A couple of weeks ago, when we talked with Doctor Weatherly, we talked about this idea of handing over and what an important mm-hmm. thing that is. This man was handed over to you by God's deliberate plan and foreknowledge, and you, with the help of wicked men probably a reference to the Romans, but put him to death by nailing him to the cross. But God raised him from the dead. And I always say, think about that. You crucified him. God raised him from the dead. So where does that put you in in reference Mm. to God? (laughs) Not in a good place. So God raised him from the dead, freeing him from the agony of death because it was impossible for death to keep its hold on him. Uh, There's a really interesting passage, again, we'll talk about another day, where, where he quotes uh, an Old Testament psalm and shows that it has to be a reference to Jesus. Uh, he says, you know, this this idea, your holy one will not see decay. And he says in verse 29, fellow Israelites, I can tell you confidently that the patriarch David died and was buried and his tomb is here to this day. Now, I always stop at this point and, and I'll say something like this. So the day of Pentecost is, where does it fall in relationship to Passover? You know, top of your head. <laughs> Do you know how many days after? Um, three weeks. Well, close, but it's 50 days. It's seven weeks and a day. (laughs) I thought, I thought that was one, you know, the Penta, mm -hmm. the Pentecost comes from that idea of the the 50 days. And so, so 50 days after Passover is when this took place. And that's the Passover that Jesus was, was crucified just before. Mm -hmm. So when we think about him being being raised on the first day of the week, we're talking about just maybe 40-some days, 49 days, you know, 48 mm-hmm. days after um, Jesus' crucifixion. And where is this sermon being preached? Do you remember? Uh no, Jerusalem. Sorry, Jerusalem, yes, I, yeah. I, I thought I thought I was giving you some softballs there. Yeah, I you were. It's just I know. It's early. Yes, okay, it's Jerusalem. It. Yes. So Jerusalem, and this is the same place where Jesus was crucified. Okay. Right. So Peter here says, in Jerusalem, we know that the tomb of David is here to this day. In other words, we can go and and I can show you that David died and was buried, and his body is still there. Mm-hmm. Now think about what he says next, if you, if you keep that in your mind. His tomb is here to this day. Verse 30, but he was a prophet, and he knew that God had promised him on oath that he would place one of his descendants on the throne. That's a re- reference to 2 Samuel chapter 7, for those who are keeping score. So he had promised him on oath he would place one of his descendants on the throne. Seeing what was to come, he spoke of the resurrection of the Messiah. 
that he was not abandoned to the realm of the dead, nor does his body see decay. God has raised this Jesus to life, and we are all witnesses of it. So he raised him to, to, to life there in that same city. And I think the idea here is, is we can go to the tomb of David and we can produce his body. But here, 40-some days after the events that took place here, we could go to the tomb of Jesus. This is a challenge almost because the tomb of Jesus is right there. Mm-hmm. There's no way. And we'll see a passage later on. Everybody in Jerusalem knew what had happened. Mm-hmm. Passover was a big feast. There's all kinds of people there. Pentecost is a major feast. All these people have come back, or many of them have come back. They knew the things that had happened here. And so basically, he's saying we're all witnesses because we could go to the tomb of Jesus, and you're not going to be able to produce his body. Mm-hmm. And, and and again, he goes on down just, just one more verse. If you look at verse 36, do you have it up there? Yeah, I, I, I close mine. So Yeah. Therefore, let all Israel be assured of this. God has made this Jesus, whom you crucified, both Lord and and Messiah. Yeah, so isn't that interesting? So this Jesus you crucified, God has made Lord in Christ or Lord and Messiah. And so that that kind of that idea that that again that puts you at odds with with God. Mm. And and of course the response of the crowd is they were cut to the heart, it says. Uh, their conscience was was um, affected and they said, What should we what should we do? Mm-hmm. And so that's the that's the beginning, that's the birth of the church. And and so resurrection here from the very beginning. So this is we call this the first gospel sermon. First gospel sermon, a lot of it's focused on this idea of resurrection. And so that's why it's such an important thing. Um, it was frequently and publicly witnessed, Jesus' resurrection. Again, going back to First Corinthians 15, which we really haven't looked at, but um, Paul makes it clear there. He says that at, at, you know Jesus appeared to many people over a period of time, uh, to Peter first and then to others. And, and he says, and to 500 at one time, most of whom are still alive. When, in other words, when he's writing the book of First Corinthians, he's able to say to the Corinthians, you can still check with many of the people who saw right. him. Right. So frequently and publicly, this wasn't something that just his disciples passed a story oh, about. Right. Yeah. You know, oh, we were in this hidden room and suddenly Jesus appeared in our midst. And no one else had any... Uh, Exactly. Yeah. Now that happened, but then there he appeared to many other people as well. Yeah. And and I want to look at one example of this. This is one of my favorite we call these um you know resurrection appearances or resurrection narratives. This is one of my favorites. This is Luke chapter uh, 24. This is the story that we often call uh, the two on the road to Emmaus, or the account that we call the two on the road to Emmaus. Mm-hmm. Um, Luke 24. Yeah, and it's it's an interesting story. And I I, I could spend the whole whole time just on this, and, I, and that's not really the purpose, but um, early in Luke 24, it talks about some of the disciples that Jesus had appeared to, and then in verse 13, so this is uh, Luke chapter 24, verse 13, it says, now that same day, two of them were going to a village called Emmaus, about seven miles from Jerusalem. So they had been, this is right after the Passover, right after the story of, of the resurrection, they had been in, in uh, Jerusalem for the Passover, likely they're walking back home. And in verse 14, it says they were talking with each other about everything that had happened as they talked. And I love this word. Usually it's translated this way as they talked and discussed these things with each other. Uh, The word discussed here, it's the same. It's the same word that we find where it talks about the disciples discussing which of them is the greatest. Usually it's argument. Usually there we use the translation argue. And I think that's a better translation here. Mm -hmm. So. Here's kind of what I imagine. This is me imagining mm-hmm. a little bit, mm-hmm. and, and and I'll show you some of this. It's not it's not based on nothing, but I think they've heard about this idea. They 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 were followers of Jesus. They knew he'd been crucified, but now they're starting to. It's that day. They're starting to get reports. 
Some people have told us they've seen him alive. Mm-hmm. And so they're kind of talking about what what in the world could he mean by all of this? Now, listen, listen to these words. And, and kind of the way I imagine this is kind of this going back and forth. So if you think about an argument, listen to these lines that it says. Mm-hmm. Um, it says, as they talked and discussed these things with each, which, with each other, Jesus himself came up and walked along with them, but they were kept from recognizing him. We understand this probably to be some kind of a divine, um, you know, keeping them from recognizing him. For us, as we read this story, and for the first people who would have read this story, it kind of puts these people in the same position of questioning, what, what is it about this resurrection? Is this resurrection true? Mm-hmm. So they, they were not themselves yet witnessing Jesus, even though they were, but they right. didn't recognize him. him. They were kept from recognizing him. And so what happens is uh, he, he says, what were you, and again, same word, what were you arguing, arguing about, about <laughs> as you were walking together along the road? You know, think about this, too. If you imagine them walking, and it would have been unusual. There have been lots of people going home from Passover during this period of time. But, you know, I imagine their conversation being so loud that that he's kind of coming along saying, what are you guys, you know, what are you guys yeah. yelling about? Well, it's, you know, if you see two people arguing, there's usually some animation, right. you know, like right. you can tell that they're having some kind of intense yeah. conversation. And so this isn't him just coming along. They've been having this whispered conversation. I think I think they're, they're speaking loudly enough that he could overhear them. They stood still with their faces downcast. I always say there's a lot of emotion in this entire passage. If you notice, there's lots of emotional language. One of them named Cleopas. Oh, I, I can't help. We, we'll, we'll do this more another day. But it's interesting that he's named. This this account only occurs in the Gospel of Luke. And you might remember we've talked before about the fact that the beginning of Luke, Luke says that uh, that he has talked to many eyewitnesses. He mm-hmm. uses the word eyewitness, one of the only places that we, it appears in the New Testament. And uh, and so. What I would understand, because Luke is the only one to include this, is this is probably, Cleopas is probably the person who's told him this account, told him this story, and he includes it in his gospel. And so Cleopas asked him, are you the only one visiting Jerusalem who does not know the things that have happened there in these days? Shows how widespread. Like this was a big topic of discussion. Everybody knew it. Everybody on everybody's knew. lips. So Jesus says, what things? Gives him a chance to say it. And so here's the here's what I want you to see. So it says, they reply, and I imagine this kind of is a back and forth, about Jesus of Nazareth. He was a prophet. Powerful in word and deed before God and all the people. So you can imagine that kind of on one thing. The chief priests and our rulers handed him over to be sentenced to death and they crucified him. You know, so you can kind of imagine the negative side. Oh, he, you know, we thought he was a prophet, but he was crucified. And then, and then, um, but we had hoped that he was the one who was going to redeem Israel. And then this line, what is more, it is the third day since all this took place. Now that's all they say about it, but it goes back to that to that understanding of Jesus' teaching that he had taught over and over again. Praise the temple in three days. That and, you know, that, that uh, you know, I'm going to be died, I'm going to die, I'm going to be handed over, but on the third day, I'm going to be raised from the dead. Like Jonas, like Jonas in the belly of the whale. Yeah, the sign of or Jonah. Fish, beast, whatever. I'm sorry. I'm sorry. Don't. In verse 22, in addition, some of our women amazed us. They went to the tomb early this morning, but didn't find his body. They came and told us they'd seen a vision of angels who said he was alive. Then some of our companions went to the tomb, talking about Peter and John, by the way, and that, that'd be a good account to look at sometime, and found it just as the women had said, but they did not see Jesus. So you see what I'm saying? It's, it's like they're trying to figure this out, and you kind of see both sides of the discussions, you know, the argument, you kind of see both of them. Well, he was he was powerful prophet, and it's the third day, and some people have seen him, but they didn't find his body. You know, they're trying mm-hmm. to figure out, and you kind of see this, this, you know, emotional sense 
interesting thing, of course, Jesus says, how, how foolish you are and slow of heart to believe. And, and, and he begins to teach them. It says in, in the law and the prophets uh, throughout the entire Old Testament, he begins to teach them that these things had to happen. Beginning with Moses and the prophets, he explained to them in all the scriptures concerning himself. So he begins to teach them about how the, the scriptures, not just the prophets, but even the law was pointing toward him and, and this, this event. So, so interesting resurrection account here. Of course, then later, we won't take time to read all this. Again, let's, we'll come back to this passage another day, I promise. But, but uh, maybe next Easter. But, uh, <laughs> but it went on, and, 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 and they, they finally, you know, it's revealed to him in the breaking of bread, it says. So they invite him into the house breaking of bread and uh, and they recognize that who he is and they immediately run back the seven miles into Jerusalem to tell the disciples that they've seen him and by this time he's appeared to the disciples as well. So my whole, whole only point by this is there were people who had this firsthand experience with a risen Jesus and we're not just talking about a few people and they continued from a very early time to talk about and to tell this these resurrection accounts, these resurrection stories, so that the early church, you, you know, and you, you see the effect that this had. Now, there's an author we've talked about a lot um, that we uh, we really um, oh goodness, uh, this author that we really think a lot of by the name of uh, Tom Wright or N.T. Wright, mm-hmm. and he's written a couple books, one really phenomenal book on this idea of the resurrection. I'm holding it up right now. <laughs> So this is the resurrection of the Son of God. That one has a little bit of damage on it, but uh, and <laughs> it then, does. And then there's a shorter book called "Surprised by Hope" that has a lot of the same kind of uh, things in it. Mm-hmm. Um, and really, the the interesting thing there is, especially in that longer book, he goes in into a lot of the of the detail of showing why this event is something you mentioned it earlier is a unique thing. Yeah, I, I read this book several years ago, and I think right. it was one of the first books that I'd read from. Uh, NT, right? I don't get to call him Tom. <laughs> you could call him Tom. I'm an, I'm an, I'm an NT. That's what he puts on the book. I'm going to call him NT. Um, so I read this. I think it was one of the first books that I'd read from him. Right. Um, and it was, you know, it's a larger book, but I, I, I was just really engrossed in it as he talks about, like, this was really a unique thing. Yeah. And it kind of juxtaposed it against, you know, I think that's one of the things um, some say, like, oh, the resurrection didn't really happen. The, the Jews took, you know, they had these ideas from the Greeks right. or the Romans about people right. coming back from the life stuff but um what what uh nt was saying was is that it was that was this a totally unique event like this was nothing right. that had been the the language that was used was like nothing that had ever been discussed right. in in history up to that point and you'll still see this today like you know we're on youtube now and if you search youtube for resurrection of jesus you'll find you want you don't have to look very many pages down until you find somebody who's going to say oh this is this is just like the egyptian myths or this mm, is some kind yes. of a mystery religion kind of thing but one of the things he argues in a very good way is that is that this this idea of resurrection that we find here is different than any of these other things. And so one of the points that I would make in regard to this is, is as I've said, this is a changing point. It's not just about being raised from the dead. Uh, resurrection here is a changing. It, it, it's an introduction of a new kind of humanity. Other people have been raised from the dead, mm-hmm. right? Can you – can you? I, I, I'm, I'm, I know. I, can you name some? I'm looking right in the camera. <laughs> Lazarus. Lazarus was raised from the dead. Well, in fact, we'll look at that account a little bit. Lazarus was raised from the dead. Who else can you think of? Ooh, who else was raised from the dead? Well, uh, well I mean, we, there is the uh, Elijah raised a child. Yeah, Elijah in the Old Testament. Jesus raised a child. Uh, uh, the widow of Nain's son. Yeah. Uh, Luke 
five or six, mm-hmm. wherever that so is. So there, there were there are people in the Old Testament and the New Testament. People people were raised from the dead. The kid that fell out the window. Yeah, well, that, that's you know, later. later, but Paul, but yeah, yeah. yeah. So, so there are people who are raised from the dead. They die again, right? Mm-hmm. So, so but, but resurrection, uh, Paul puts it this way, again, to, to quote 1 Corinthians 15, uh, he, he talks about that the, the, imper- the perishable will be raised imperishable. In other words, the resurrection is a different kind of, of, of raising. So Jesus is raised in a, in a glorified body, we often will say. He's, he's raised in a way that he will never, never die again. It's not just a restoration to a previous yes. day. It's a, it's a resurrection to something new. To something new, a new, new creation, we could say. And it's the beginning. So this is why, and, and here's the point I was going to make. This is why Paul can call him the first fruits from among the dead. Hmm. He was not the first person ever to to be raised from the dead, but the resurrection was a was a a, a change. It was a it was a, a breaking point with what had come before. Uh, it, it was it, it was it was the first. It was death being put to death. Yeah. Like, yeah so that's what, absolutely. So the same way you know Paul says later in the book of Romans this idea that just as death entered the world through one person through through Adam, mm-hmm. uh, that that in Christ all are made alive. Right. Mm-hmm. So so there's a, there's a he's the first fruits from among the dead. Uh, he's going to be the first among many brothers. And so so here's this brothers and sisters. Here's this change that takes place. Uh, in in the fabric of reality, we could say, mm-hmm. and, and it it it's that hope, not the hope of resuscitation. We sometimes will say, or just being raised from the dead, but this hope of of a resurrection life, mm-hmm. that we're going to be raised never to die. We're going to be raised imperishable, incorruptible. We'll be raised in a way that we are able to enjoy what God intended for us from from the beginning, from creation. If you look back at the garden before the fall, <laughs> very short. It's a very short <laughs> Come on, we can even more than a chapter or two here. But but we look back at the garden life, we could say, you know, mm-hmm. and and that that image is what what resurrection, what we're looking forward to. So we're going to talk about what the significance for us of resurrection is. And I think that's that's central. It's it's the promise that hope is a of a new new creation uh, of a new way of being, uh, so to speak. So so that's what what the idea of him being raised bodily. So I mentioned you, you mentioned Lazarus. So let's look at John eleven. There's a couple of other passages I want to look at, but let's look at John eleven. I, I love this passage because um, it, uh, it it's Jesus. There's a lot of things we see here. Of course, this is the famous Jesus wept passage where we see his his emotion at the death of his. Um, of his friend Lazarus, mm-hmm. but uh, down in no, I thought I had it here. I'm going to have to look it up. I apologize. Uh, look, look down about verse 17 or so. We're not going to mm-hmm. necessarily read all this, but I am there. <laughs> what happens is Jesus comes to to see his his friend Lazarus. He already knows that he's dead. That Lazarus is dead, and. Um, Lazarus's sister comes out to meet him. Uh, this is in, in uh, he'd already been in the tomb four days, it says. Um, and that Martha, verse 21, comes out to meet him, says, Lord, if you had been here, my brother would not have died. And, and I always say I love her I love her faith. There's no question, you know, if you've that got Jesus is life. That Jesus is he's able to heal. Mm-hmm. If you'd been here, my brother, and, and and he says, even she says, even though now I know what God will give you, whatever you ask. And Jesus says to her plainly, Your brother will rise again. And Martha answers, I know he will rise again in the resurrection at the last day. Now, this is the belief. Not every Jewish person in the first century believed in the resurrection. Famously, we know the group, the Sadducees, didn't believe in the resurrection. Mm-hmm. 
Um, but this tells us something about, and most of the earlier followers, earliest followers of Jesus seem to have been Pharisees, mm-hmm. uh, from at least from that party that had that the- theological belief. And so she says, I know he'll, he'll rise again at the resurrection at the last day. And Jesus makes this statement, and I think the audacity of the statement, if it is, if it is not true, now it is true, right? Mm-hmm. But, but just that he says this in this way, Jesus' response is, I am the resurrection and the life. The one who believes in me will live even though they die, and whoever lives by believing in me will never die. So, so that's the idea of the promise of this never dying. This, this, this transformation. You know, what we call eternal life, what John calls eternal life. This, this idea that, that the one who believes in me will live even though they die. So, again, to refer back to Wright, he uses this kind of clever, of course, he's, he's British, and he's always come up with these good, clever phrases. But he talks about it's, it's not life after death. It's life after life after death. Mm-hmm. Uh, in other words, we we can talk about, and maybe we will another day. I don't really want to get into it today, but w- w- you know, we can talk about what we believe happens to us when we die. But then resurrection is talking about what happens after that, mm-hmm. when at the culmination and the consummation of all things, at that, you know, when God's plan of restoration r- receives it, uh, reaches its fulfillment, that that we will be raised in, in, in eternally. That we will be raised to live forever, and, and to to um, you know be what again what God intended things to be from the beginning, uh, what God's desire was uh, for things to be at the beginning, and so so I think that this idea of being the resurrection of life, and, and and then He asked Martha, "Do you believe this?" And she says, "Yes, Lord, I believe that you are the Messiah, the Son of God, who's come into the world," which I think is a great again great statement of faith. So so this idea of the resurrection again, is that final act in what God is doing. So Easter Sunday, Easter Sunday, here's the thing I want you to remember is I want you to remember, first of all, that that this idea of the resurrection is a fact. Um, you know, that's the other thing that I'll say about right in resurrection of the Son of God. We, we may, we've talked about maybe spending a day on that book. It might be mm-hmm. worth having an episode just on that book. But he makes clear that even from from the most, how do I say this, from any his, genuine historical accounting, we can look at this event and, and we can say that it is it is almost a certainty, you know, given given what we believe about history. Essentially, if you have to doubt this fact, then, then there are many other things that we would call historical facts that you have to discount. Right. That there's at least as much or more evidence for the resurrection of the Son of God. Now, I'm going to tell you how this is important for me, and I don't know if this will help any of the listeners or not, or viewers, I guess, on YouTube. The the thing I'll say is there have been times in my life where I've kind of begun, you know, you, you question sometimes and you think, mm-hmm. oh, you know, things, there's various reasons for it. Sometimes personal, sometimes you look at world events and you're like, how, how can these things mm-hmm. be allowed to happen? And, and you begin to doubt. And I had someone to tell me something. I was kind of sharing this with a, with a friend, which is a good thing to do, by the way. So many times we keep those things to ourselves. And, and in some ways that isolates us. I think that that sometimes is used by our by our spiritual enemy to to separate us from the community of believers. But I talked to to a friend about this, and he said something to me that I have never forgotten to this day. Because you know, there's some things I'm thinking, oh, you know, well, this this makes me wonder, and this makes me wonder. And he said to me, he said, I think every day, if that tomb was empty on Easter Sunday morning, then the rest of it falls into place. If that 
is true. Mm-hmm. And so that's why I think it's very important to know that this isn't just something, this isn't some kind of a, a myth that was imported into Christianity from some other religion, but, but this is something that we can see that there was a decisive change historically. There was a decisive change in the followers of Jesus. This was a widely known thing. Uh, the opponents of Jesus didn't, didn't try to uh, refute it by producing his body. Mm-hmm. You know, there's all kinds of things that, that lead us to think that this is a genuine event. And so that that gives us that uh, that that uh, sense on, on Easter. But then here's the other thing I want you to think about at Easter is that this is what gives us this true this true hope. Mm-hmm. Uh, I want to look at one more passage. Uh, anything you want to add at this point or? No, you know, I think it, I think that's really important that it's you know, I think we can get um lost in the resurrection sometimes and thinking that it's even though we know we would be resurrected to never die again but it's still right. it's like the, the resurrection is a total new creation yes. Yes. like it's we it's like we envi- it, it's hard for us to envision ourselves outside of the life at life and death right now right it, you know it, we're we're swimming in this in this sea. water i always say yeah. you know it's like fish doesn't know what's in water right and mm-hmm. and you know that that you know how much of what I do is about the brokenness I have within, even mm. brokenness I don't recognize in myself, or the broke, you know, maybe even more to the point, the brokenness I do recognize mm-hmm. and I yeah. and I fail to do anything about. But uh, you know the the brokenness with relationships. But what a, what an amazing thing to think about this this world to come, this age to come, as the New Testament often will call it, when we can uh, no more wars, no more rumors of wars, no more death, crying, mourning, pain, you know, suffering. Uh, when that will be that will be passed. That's mm-hmm. Easter Sunday morning. Is that victorious? You know, that's that re- remembrance mm-hmm. of what it is um, that that Christ is raised from the dead. Um, but anyway, this you know, was there something else that you want to say? No, no. <laughs> no. sorry, I just took over again. <laughs> <laughs> What's new? Yeah. Huh? yeah. <laughs> You're right about that. Um, no, no, I just, I, I think that's an important thing for us to, to go back to, that it's not just coming back. I mean, and, and, and I think we all, it's in our memory, like it's in our mm. head. We know that, yeah. but it's almost like, what does it feel like in our heart? You know what I mean? Like yeah. to internalize that, that, yep. that, that the resurrection that yeah. is to come, you know, and I think it's hard for us. Just, we talk about it when we read in Revelation, you know, no more tears, no more yeah. suffering. Um but like, it's hard to even fathom that. Yeah. You know, it's like it's like the conversation I have with my kids about like God created before. You know, what was there? Yeah. You know, like what was there before creation? And it's like, you right. know, like their minds start to explode. You know, <laughs> right? But it's you know, and right. it's, it's no. even for me as I think about who am I outside of my own sin? Right. You know what I mean? Like right. that. Um, that it it's you know my own. Who am I? You know, and but but kind of going being freed from that, and that's what truly means. That's what truly means to be a human. What yeah. truly means to be alive and, and God's creation. Yeah, Jesus just demonstrates true true humanity to us and for us. Yeah. So so I always say on Easter then this as well, and I think it's it's important for us to keep in mind what does it mean for us to live as resurrection people? Mm. It, you know, it's one thing to believe it, but what does it mean for us to live as resurrection people? Uh, go ahead and you read this to Philippians three just oh, verses ten yes. and eleven. Let me yeah. pull it up here. Great passage. This is. Um, this is the Apostle Paul talking, and per, for, just to put it in context, I mean, you know, I'm always talking about the importance of the of the narrative context. But here in Philippians three, he begins by talking about, you know, everything that he had before. You know, I was I was a great Pharisee, I was a great you know mm-hmm. rabbinic student, and all these things. But I consider all that stuff now 
trash, garbage, mm-hmm. compared with knowing Jesus. And then he says this. Yeah, this is 10 through 11, uh, Philippians 3. I want to know Christ. Yes, to know the power of his resurrection and participation in his sufferings, becoming like him in his death. And so somehow attaining to the resurrection from the dead. So I want to know Christ. I want to know the power of his resurrection, he says. You know, and, and, and I think knowing here is the idea of I, I want to experience it, right? I, I want to I want to internal you said earlier, internalize that and make that a part of me. So what does it look like uh, to for us to live as resurrection people? Would, what would your answer be for that? Do you have any any thoughts no. or any ideas on that? You know, I, I think it is one of those things to see beyond the now. Yeah. I think that that is one of the things, you know, you and I talk about worship music because I'm a music guy sometimes. <laughs> right. we, I make fun of a lot of current music or, right. you know, like, right. Um, but there's a song, uh, Christ Be Magnified. Mm. And uh, like in the bridge, it says, death is just the doorway into resurrection life. Right. And uh, as I mentioned before, we I'm going with a small group through the book of Revelation and we're talking, you know, we're seeing yeah. in the end of Revelation, like the wedding feast of the lamb yeah. and, and what the, the new heaven, new earth is like. And it's just kind of going, death is the, the is the step into, you know, when Christ returns and the full, full, full fulfillment, fulfillment of everything, it's that new, that new life. And to keep that perspective in mind, that death is not an end, an right. end but it is, but it's to have that, it, that we're trying to create and i think this is the thing is as we look at all of scriptures like bringing the kingdom of god here now right like that right. i think that's that's what i think of when i think of that yeah again to to kind of use Wright's image he talks about it's it's bringing heaven to earth in a lot of ways is what we're called to do as resurrection mm-hmm. people uh you know and and i think you're right I, you know eternal an eternal perspective that this is not the end this, this is why it gets us discouraged sometimes right mm-hmm. when we're when we're looking at the news and and you know brokenness of relationships around us mm-hmm. uh, we hear about you know all kinds of things that can cause discouragement but yeah it's focusing when when our eyes are too too much on the right now rather than the eternal perspective Mm -hmm. that god is making all things right and that there is a time where all things will be will be made right yeah and i think even here with paul he talks about at participation in his suffering yes yes. you know i mean like i think that's a thing that in the suffering is is it's a temporal thing absolutely you know i mean i think that's really um it and I'm going to say this as Americans, I think sometimes we we're weak against suffering. You know, like yeah. we, we don't suffer much. We, we can think we suffer, but there's much deeper suffering that happens sometimes around the world. Yeah, that, you know, know, we're seeing it. Um, you know, in a in a war that's raging yep. and civilians that are caught, and you know what the sufferings look like there. And so, but going participation in suffering yeah. is that temporal thing that in it. it as Christ went through that, he is resurrected to new life. Yeah. And that we, as we participate in the suffering, as Revelation talks about, as we suffer, it brings many more, yeah. many more to him. Yeah, to quote Paul again, the, these light momentary troubles which are achieving for us a, a weight of glory that, that is far greater than them all, right? This mm-hmm. this idea of an eternal glory, eternal again, not temporary, light and momentary afflictions compared to the to the eternal glory. So yeah, I think that's that's exactly right. And the other thing is, I'll say, I think that allows us, it, it should allow us to live with boldness and, and to be unafraid. Uh, and, and I'll say along with this, it makes us grieve in a different kind of way. Mm. But but for our own lives, you, you know, to there, there's so much, so many things that we fear sometimes. Uh, at least one psychologist has said behind all of this is is a fear of death. You know, all of our smaller fears have this fear of death that. Uh, you know, even the idea of the existential crisis is a sense oh, yeah. of angst over what 
you know, what is there after, after death, that Christ not only died, but rose from the dead and is, you know, if, if we can give witness, we've talked in te- about testimony some other time. And, mm-hmm. and again, I'll just point out that that's what Luke and John and all these other writers are talking about, even Paul in 1 Corinthians, that Jesus' resurrection was witnessed. Even Acts 2, as I, as I said, he's mm-hmm. challenging them to say, this is something that's happened among you in this in this place. And, and you know, within within weeks of this, this is what has happened. And we are all witnesses of the fact that that's the term he uses. We are all witnesses of the fact. But but that idea then uh, that he 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 gives us testimony of what it means to be um, resurrected. You know, Jesus mm-hmm. gives us this this idea and he gives us this hope so that even when we face the fear of death, we we have this hope that there is something that is beyond that again, to use right. Wright's phrase, beyond life after life after death, that that there's this hope that we have uh, of eternity. It allows us that the eternal perspective comes into this well, but allows us to live in a different kind of way. And I say grieve in a different kind of way too. This is what Paul says in First Thessalonians four: we don't grieve like those who who don't have hope. Now, I always try to make clear this isn't saying that Christians aren't sad. Mm-hmm. It's not saying that Christians don't mourn. In fact, we're supposed to mourn. It's just we mourn differently because we recognize that this isn't goodbye forever when we lose a loved one, for example. Uh, but but it's it's a, a temporary that's, uh, well, goodbye. That's, that's Martha with Lazarus exactly. and Jesus, when Martha talks to Jesus. Yeah, we'll, like, we'll see you again. Right? I, I know he'll come back. Right. Mm-hmm. It's that kind of hope. So it gives us that different thing. Now, here's the thing I just wanted to add, and, and I've been thinking about this recently. You talked about the war in Ukraine and, and these things. I, I've been thinking about living as resurrection people also means that we we don't grieve the brokenness in the world in the same way that mm-hmm. others do, because we recognize that there is a healing that will take place, and there's healing that is taking place. So even the peace you think about in, in the your time with the book of Revelation, um, one of the images I love is the tree of life that's there at the end, and uh, and he adds this thing that there's the tree of life. He, of course, Ezekiel has the same thing, growing on both sides of the river, river of life flowing from the throne of God. But the tree of life, and and John says, whose leaves are for the healing of the nations, hmm. and just that that image that there's going to be a. a, a even the things that we grieve, not not only our personal grief with loss of loved ones and, and those kind of things, but the grief we see when we see tragedy, mm-hmm. when we see difficulties, you know, this idea that the hope of the resurrection for us is that is that all things will be made right. Justice will be done. There is going to be an accounting mm-hmm. and, and we'll see all these these mm-hmm. wrongs and, made right. And, and, and Ukraine's just in front of our face right now. But sure. They're like they're that's. They, Sin wreaks its havoc across Absolutely. the world every day in a lot of different places, not yeah. just in Ukraine. That's what's on our news cycle sure. and so forth. And you can like, think about your local news. We were talking about shootings and you know mm-hmm. th- those kind of things. You see, you see the the tragedy of abuse. You see, you know, just just all you know. We could we could name any number of things. And uh, the unf- what seems to us so unfair, you know, the 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 thing we need to you know, <laughs> we we ask the question, God, where are you in this? Mm-hmm. But but our our trust and our hope is that He is. Is redeeming and restoring and, and working mm-hmm. in Jesus to to bring life to all things and, and healing to all things. Mm-hmm. So that's that's that final thing I was going to say. Just a deep hope that God is making all things right. That that we have that that hope because of the resurrection of Jesus, and that's what Easter Sunday is about. So it, it is it is a time for us to celebrate. It is a time for us to be glad. Uh, and, and to look forward to what God is doing. Yeah, and and it's and 
it, it, it's a it's about Jesus coming out of, of the the grave, and but it, it's the hope that he, that that brings, right. like that that new life that that is bringing. Right, absolutely. And what his life represents. Excellent. Well, Brian, that was good stuff. <laughs> well, I always say it's kind of hard to mess up Easter, right? <laughs> But I'm sure someone has. Some well, I do have a story, but we'll say for another time. That's a different podcast. <laughs> anyway, well, thanks so much. Yeah. And uh, we'll see you next week. Yeah, see you soon, Ryan. Mm-hmm. Bye-bye. Thanks so much for listening to this episode of Ryan and Brian's Bible Bistro. You can find show notes, links, and more at thebiblebistro.com and find links there to follow us on social media. Next week is a very special week as we are celebrating one full year of the Bible Bistro. Brian and I are taking a few minutes to look back at the last year, what we've enjoyed, what we've learned, and the direction of the Bistro moving forward. We hope you'll join us for that. Thanks again for listening and sitting with us at the table in the Bistro. We will be back Tuesday.